0: Hello and welcome to Lit Service, where we're fans of fiction and purveyors of dodgy writing advice. I'm Aaliyah, and my favorite book slash story of this year was probably Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Absolutely incredible. You know, you've got your intense sci-fi, but also it's really just all about the characters. I loved that one.
1: I'm Caitlin, and my favorite project. Story, whatever that I have consumed this year was probably um The Graduate by Naomi novick Um, it's just a really fun, silly story. I mean, I'm I I'm saying this off the top of my head, but that one's fun and well written, and I liked it.
2: (laughs) Um, I'm Kristen, and I have three that I'm going to tie because we said book slash movie slash game um so <laughs> points book if was it's Pir- all three huh well well book was Piranesi. i really loved that this year movie i'm gonna switch to tv show and talk about arcane because i think that was my favorite of the year and then game was last of us part two which i got around to playing and it was awesome mm. excellent storytelling very cool
0: very cool i'll put another plug for Piranesi. if that one forward me beautiful Today, instead of narrowing in on one topic, we're actually going to go a little bit broader and talk about some of the things we think are essential elements of an exceptional story. So things, you know, that it's kind of good to, to go through your own work and, you know, check off the box, see if you have this. If not, maybe go check out some of our other episodes because they're really fun things to add in and they can add a lot of depth to the tale you want to tell. To start us off, Kristen, do you want to take it away with time skips? How <laughs> will they work? Are we actually doing this through the lens of arcane
1: specifically? Because if we are, I want to say I feel like this is a really good discussion because it shows why our advice is always dodgy writing advice, because Mm -hmm. liking things is subjective and not all of us liked arcane, which is what we kind of like dove deep into on the outline here. And so we're (laughs) talking about specific elements from arcane, but Mm -hmm. we do not all agree about whether or not those elements were done well or not. So it should be fun.
2: (laughs) It, it should be fun. And uh, as the resident single person who enjoyed Arcane of the three of us, I am going to have to defend it. And it's 100% critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So just throwing that out there. I'm in the middle. <laughs> there are things that I did not like
0: and things that I did. Okay, are we going to give a spoiler warning or are we going to keep broad first and spoiler later? How do we want to do
2: this? 100% you cannot listen to this if you have not seen (laughs) all three acts of Arcane.
1: Yeah, so if you're the type of person who likes to hear people talk about stuff in order to convince you to watch it, then please keep listening. If you have not watched it and you do not want it spoiled, please stop right now because we are going to spoil all of it.
2: But maybe we need to give like a little introduction about what Arcane is. And it is yeah. an animated show on Netflix done with Riot and Fortiche. And I'm, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Basically, it's a, it's a TV show, nine episodes based off of League of Legends. But I know nothing about League of Legends. You don't have to know anything either. about it. And it's probably better if you don't, is my understanding, based on what people say about League of Legends.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's, like, actually a bias against movies and TV shows that are based off of video games because they always do a bad job. Yeah. But (laughs) as someone who has also not gone anywhere, like, I actually looked up the video game today as I was looking at notes because I wanted to see, I realized that all the main characters in this story, not all of them, but most of them are main characters in the game. So I wanted Mm -hmm. to go look at the representations of them online and they're not, they're not the same. And so... I don't really know much about the game, and I don't really care because I don't really like video games.
2: (laughs) Basically, it's a story about two, I I guess, intertwined cities, Piltover, which is this steampunk utopia, and Zaun, which is literally underneath it and is horrible, and is sort of like the poor side to the, the Piltover's grandiosity, and it is about two sisters who live in the undercity and a bunch of other people and some really cool stuff with magic and science and drama
0: lots of drama
2: that's what? not a great sum up but <laughs> what a summary my goodness <laughs> i know <laughs> it's
1: <the laughs> it's a story about a girl uh, oh, two little girls whose parents were killed during riots, essentially, because Zahn, this area that isn't actually a city, is trying to separate from the utopia because the utopia is not taking care of them. And as a result, they have this found family with this guy Xander who's kind of keeping the peace. And that's where it starts.
2: So, time skips. Let's get back to time skips. <laughs> now that we're <laughs> Back to time because. skips. Well, it was a the time skip in this, <laughs> in this yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right The thing is about Arcane is that it's set up in three, three episode acts. So the first arc, I guess, came out one week and it was the first three episodes. And then the next week was another three episodes. And the third week was another three episodes. And they did something kind of um, daring, I guess, in that after the first act, they skipped to like, I don't know, some indeterminate point in the future. Like 10-ish years was my guess. I've heard some people guess five. I think it's more than that, but whatever. I think it's um, six
1: because Vi has a six tattooed on her cheek.
2: No, she
0: she has her name, VI. She gets a new one every year. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I think it's six.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's okay, how arbitrary this conversation's gonna yeah. be. It's
2: not based in anything real. So time skips. <laughs> So I, I think in my experience with time skips, there are a number of things that can go wrong, which is that um, a lot of times after writers decide to skip an arbitrary point, amount of time, they'll have to spend a ton of time playing catch up and basically info dump on what happened in the time that you were away. So that's one one pitfall. And the other is sort of the reverse of that, which is that time like stops in in the years that you're skipping where... The bad guy doesn't really make any progress and nothing's really changing, and um, you, it There's may as well be for the, the next time day. Skip. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And in my opinion, as the, the person who thinks that they did this well, I think that Arcane handles their time skip really well because um, the world does move on. Like we, we see that Hextech has become a real staple in both Piltover and Zaun. Um, we see characters achieve goals and maybe find that those goals are a little hollow. Um, we see the villain and um, progressing in his in his role in the Undercity. We see a ton of stuff. N- nothing stops really, and I think that the way that they handle sort of catching the audience up to speed is really well done because there's really there's zero info dumping we we just they assume that we're smart enough to keep up and they move forward and show us what's going on and I thought that was great
0: I actually like that part too because you get to you get to kind of learn the world twice we met the characters at the beginning and fell in love with them and then we have this time skip we have to re them all over again but we already care about them so actually, i actually was more invested in meeting them the second time i think than the first time
1: yeah we want to see where they where they ended up right and i think that you mentioned when we were talking about this like in our outline that the the way that they use the the method they used to reintroduce us to the world was really cool because there's one character who did not move forward and gets mm-hmm. reintroduced to the world along with us
2: if you want yeah yeah exactly because my sweet darling Vi uh, has been in prison for so long and um, she has to relearn the world that she's really familiar with. And so as she sort of goes through the story, she be- she becomes like the outsider in a way that we get to see things through new eyes with, which, you know, that happens a lot in-, in fantasy or any form of book, honestly, where you have somebody who serves as the audience stand-in in some ways. And I think it was a really... Great idea to have Vi be that, especially because she's ostensibly the main main character. I, I would say. I mean, that's a big cast, but I I think she's she's kind of our point of view protagonist.
0: I would say that it's
1: probably split between her and Powder slash Jinx. So at the end of the first yeah. act, here's where we start spoiling things. Um, Powder who really, really wants to be uh, a part of her her sister's crew who goes and steals things. They're trying to make their family, you know, have enough food to eat. And so they go up to the top side to go steal stuff from rich people. And she, in when she goes, she actually messes things up. She makes a whole building explode. And then in all of the follow-up from that, as people are trying to figure out how to not create a war between the two places, she then gets her entire family killed trying to help them. So she's... Uh, a very tragic character who, at the very end, Vi, her older sister, who has been like her champion through the whole thing, walks away from her, and it's like you just killed my whole family, and you are a Jinx. And the next time we see her, she's going by the name Jinx and has turned into a scary person. So That's
2: there you go. simplifying it a little. <laughs> I mean, Vi didn't really go intentionally, but yeah, no, I- she does. She does very
1: consciously walk away from her sister. Yes. When they're in a very dangerous area, yes. the bad guy's standing there with mm-hmm. a knife. As soon as she sees him, she tries to go back, but then she gets arrested and taken away. And there's yeah. our time to skip.
2: Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Um, I don't, did you read Lies of Lockamora, Caitlin? Yes, you have, yes, right? I did. And you mm-hmm. haven't, right, Aliyah? No. I just remember when I was watching this episode, the third episode, when all this goes down, I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to pull Lies of Lockamora? And then they did, and it freaked me out. It was awesome. <laughs>
1: Liza Lakamura is a really fun, well written, and very well developed heist fantasy book with a huge world. It is very gritty for those of you who don't like violence. Like, extremely. And you know, I, I don't see people use swearing in fantasy books quite so prolifically as in that book. So if something bother you, then don't read it. But um, no, that's a very fair content world. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's a very cool, developed world that does actually remind me quite a bit of this TV show.
0: So how does Jinx play into foils and what are some other examples of foils we saw? Anything we can add into our own writing from what we saw?
2: Well, I think Arcane is kind of the perfect setup to talk about foils because you have duality at its center. I mean, you have Piltover and Zahn who are really closely intertwined and whose futures basically depend on each other. Neither of them is what they would choose to be, I guess is a good way to say it. So, So... the cities themselves function as foils for each other. And so within that setup where we are where already trained to focus on looking for pairs, we have so many foils. And I think foils are generally used... They're used best, in my opinion, between a hero and a villain to sort of accentuate the hero's flaws and maybe bring out the villain's good side and show how similar your your two main characters really are. And I think... Um, It makes for really compelling storytelling when you have people who are from similar backgrounds but who approach problems from different perspectives and end up with wildly different solutions. Arcane has some of that typical good guy, bad guy foil stuff going on, but they also have a lot of more slippery, not quite so preachy foils, I guess would be the way to say it. Because obviously, I mean, we have Vander and Silka who are... The, the father figures to Vi and Jinx. And we have Vi and Jinx who serve as foils for each other as well. And Vander and Silco both have the same goal of liberating the Undercity. And later, they both have the same goal as being good fathers. But they go about things totally differently and problem solving in different ways. And it sort of gives you the chance to explore an issue from every side instead of just focusing on one perspective, which I think is the power of foils
1: doesn't really work out super well for either of them. Oh, no. Alert, because Jinx kills both of them. So, you know, it works out. <laughs> so
2: basically, the, girl, you know? the moral of the story is don't adopt Powder.
0: <laughs> powder is oh. a bad
2: child. We don't. <laughs> yeah. is horrible. I, I really, my heart breaks for Little Powder, but yeah. man, she should not have. You know, sometimes you shouldn't play with bombs. You know, it, it just comes down to that simple mm-hmm. of a moral. Well, but. But actually, I think um, Powder's relationship with Silco is a
1: really, really great illustration of how to make a villain, like, somebody that you can identify with. Because there's a moment just in the first, like, when when Silco first finds Powder, I don't know if this was your point, but it was one that I wanted to make, too, so I'm going to take it. There's this moment where you see him looking at her and seeing himself in her. He sees her as like the abandoned, betrayed child. And he's literally holding a knife and he's about to kill her. But he sits down instead and gives her a hug and it's like, they left you, didn't they? And then later, after the time jump, we see how Silco, despite all of the terrible, terrible things he's doing, he is running a terrible drug enterprise that is like killing his own city and will do anything to like make money, it sounds like. And he uses this girl, Powder, who becomes Jinx, to do it and still is acting trying to be a good father to her and seeing that side of him makes him less of a cardboard cutout for a villain because you can see he's doing all these terrible things but he's also like they were wrong about you you're perfect over and over and over again and trying to teach her to like be okay with herself which is her big huge trauma is is being okay with herself and not believing that she's a terrible person
2: well, and there's a really great moment where Silco is sort of like losing his grasp on on his power and Jinx is causing all sorts of problems and um there's this statue that's been set up to Vander in the city and Silco goes over to the statue and is sort of like having a conversation with his old friend and he says something along the lines of like is there anything so undoing as a daughter? I think is what he says, and I just think that stabs right to the heart of a lot of stuff that happens in this show um, because we have so many pairs of of people and their parents and the problems that arise from that because there's Powder and Silco and there's Vi and Vander and there's Caitlin and the Kiermans and there's Jason and his mother and there's Mel and her mother and and so there's just a lot in there. And There are no have- happy
1: families in this, in this series.
2: No, Everybody's not, mad. Not alive ones. Not
0: alive ones. <laughs>
2: That's true. That's true. We don't we don't know how the dead ones are. Maybe they were happy. That's true. That's <laughs> <laughs> true.
1: One of the other um, foils I really wanted to bring up, because it was one of my favorites, is that there are two children who are super, super traumatized right at the beginning of this movie or this TV show. I keep calling it a movie. Very long movie. Um they <laughs> Jinx do exactly and Echo, right? Yeah, Jinx and Echo, where you get to see Exactly like what foils are supposed to do, because you have them start from the same place and make different choices. You have Powder, who is creating the same trauma that she herself experienced in other people because of the person she's attached to and decided to, like, is her father. And then you have Echo, who also had his father killed and also his found family killed and was there when all the terrible stuff happened with... um. With Jinx's family, and instead is creating a safe place for people who live down in this terrible area. He planted a tree. He like brings people food. He fights crime. Like he is trying to create a better place. Yeah. Yeah, he tries to do good. And, it's, and it actually comes to a head. And, like, one of my favorite scenes, there's a fight between him and Powder on a bridge where it flashes back to when they are children. And mm-hmm. so, like, if you didn't know what they were talking about, they slap you in the face with it. But it is gorgeous and super cool. And being able to draw those lines together between characters, I feel like, is such a powerful thing because – um, I mean, we always talk about foreshadowing and readers understanding what's going on before you get to action or before you get to like an emotional um, like linchpin moment so that you don't have to explain it as it's happening. And if you ever wanted to see character growth and trying to explain what has happened to those two people, like this, this series does a
0: good job.
2: Yeah. And and I'll say another thing about Echo, which is that I'm not sure if this quite counts as, as being a foil, but I think his choices draw attention to everyone else's choices because you have Jason Victor, who are these scientists who are obsessed with um, bringing magic to the world so that they can like help people. But in their process to for- try and do good, well, in the process to try and be great, they forget to do good, which is like a quote that they bring up several times. Whereas Echo, Echo ends up sort of becoming like a vigilante. He's hated by both cities. He's hunted by both cities, but he's the only one who's actually making a positive difference. And so I guess he's the reverse of he's so busy being good that he doesn't care about being great. And I just think that's a really cool comparison that they drew between those characters as well.
0: So that seems to um, dovetail nicely with the conversation we want to have about themes. How did Arcane work in themes here?
2: There are so many. and I, I I think um some of them are more fleshed out than others. But I also think that, and you can you can argue with me on this, but i I do think that for a lot of the themes that they put in there, Arcane doesn't really they don't tell you what to think about the theme. A lot of it is just sort of like bringing up this thing and you looking at all the evidence, then you have to decide what it means for yourself. I, I don't know, Caitlin, I think you had some really cool thoughts about this.
1: Well, I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, did I, did I have interesting thoughts about that? I don't know that I did. <laughs> I thought you were, um, I thought
2: the change now versus change over time thing was really interesting.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, that kind of goes along with what you were saying, like the, in the quest to do, to become great, we forget to do good or to do great, to do great, to become great. Who knows what they said? You know, I don't know. Because <laughs> to, to do great sounds different than to become... Anyway, so there's an interesting... Like, the person who actually introduces that theme of uh, of a character doing good instead of becoming great he also is a character who doesn't believe change can happen quickly and is constantly pulling people back like at the very beginning we have jace studying stuff he is not supposed by the way jace is the worst and i hate him but yeah no um, that's fair like, right? i feel the same. super annoying character but that's okay he's just a um, bro yeah
2: seriously, he belongs at
1: vasa <laughs> or, or an equivalent gym <laughs> He would, like, come up with, like, some kind of, like, hammer exercise routine and, like, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. um He literally comes out with a hammer that is also a laser at one point. And I'm just like, nope, I'm done with you.
0: I don't need to watch <laughs>
1: any more about Jace. Okay. Anyway. So um he's constantly trying to pull Jace back because Jace wants to do good. He sees... Um, magic in the context of something that saved his life, saved his mother's life, and he's like we could bring this to normal people. Everybody could use this amazing power and the world would get better. And this professor guy, who I can't remember his name, um, but he's a he is a puppy thing, and that's awesome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he um, is consistently telling Jace this is too dangerous if you do this people will get hurt before it helps anybody like you need to fill this out or like maybe it's too dangerous to even look at it in the first place it starts out with it's too dangerous we're not doing this and we're expelling you for doing this research and then we time skip forward and he's like actually you did okay i guess because you proved me wrong but it's still too fast like but at the same time like we can see both perspectives Jace and Victor want to help people. It's extremely evident that Victor especially wants to help people because he can see magic as something that can help people now. He's dying of a disease. He's like, I need magic to fix me right now. And Mm -hmm. the professor guy is like, it takes a long time to make progress that sticks and that doesn't like break heads on the way down. Um, but we also get to see the other side of that where the professor sees what Echo has done. He's like, you did this within your own lifetime. So we get to see both. We see Jace and Victor creating something amazing, but also creating super huge problems for the city as they're creating solutions. But then also the yeah. the professor's side where he also sees like that, yes, you need to act now. Otherwise, terrible things will happen.
0: See, I agree with that. I think this kind of gets to the root of why I didn't like Arcane. The themes all felt very true, but they all felt, to me, non-progressive. And I guess what I mean by that, to me, a story falls flat when things go right all the time. And the equal way to me, Arcane fell flat because things go wrong all the time. Every single time (laughs) I could, you know, sit down and predict the outcome because the outcome would be the worst possible way. So despite the beautiful animation and, you know, all these themes and foils to me, it just felt like a car spinning its tires. I didn't feel like I was going forward. And I know I'm I'm probably about to get um, shot for that, but...
2: <laughs> no! No, I would just, um, I would highly recommend that you don't engage with The Last of Us video games, because I think he would be really upset by them. <laughs> I actually agree with Aaliyah on
1: this because I do feel like in order for a story to feel like it's not one note, you need to have more than one express, more than one emotion being expressed. And over and over, we have trauma, confusion, and violence, just over and over and over and over again. And there weren't very many happy high points. Um, like you can see characters like having little tiny moments of happiness, but for the most part, everything goes wrong. And actually, I I kind of feel like my biggest quibble with this thing is that one of the characters, Jinx, who's at the center of this, I feel like has very shallow motivation. And I'm not really sure why she does any of the stuff that she does. And so it's really difficult to follow her and to be like, yes, I can see why you're acting this way. And... And any, um, especially long-form stuff where you have to focus in on characters so people will follow those characters and fall in love with them and stuff, it's really hard to follow a character who you're like, why are you acting like this? Like, nothing you're doing makes sense. So (laughs) I, I really struggled with that. Like, I think that Vi did a great job, and some of the other characters, like, were in and out, and I was okay with, but Jinx, at the center, especially since the climax, like, focuses on her and the decisions that she's making, I was like... I'm not here for this, and I don't care about Jinx at all. So it fell flat for me there. Kristen, you may argue it's fine.
2: No, I, I, <laughs> I don't. I, I don't need to argue about your opinion. You know, like um...
1: <laughs> no, you can. I mean, it might have been done. Like there are things that were done well.
2: No, I, I will actually agree. I, I think I just tend to enjoy different types of stories. I, for me, hitting the same sort of emotional beats isn't a problem, um, especially because in a story like this, where you're focusing on sort of the systems that are in place and how they perpetuate themselves, I I feel like it rings true. And I also thought it was really interesting to see the way that even when people were trying to do good, it it got thwarted sort of by the byproducts of their own issues. So like, at the very end, you finally have the city, the, the council is voting to separate Uh, Zahn from Piltover, right? And things are gonna maybe they're gonna step in the right direction. We've got people forging literal bridges, metaphorical bridges as they cross literal bridges. And then Jinx, who has been harmed by the system, makes a really weird and stupid and scary choice and potentially destroys all the good that they're working for. And it's sort of all because the problem didn't get fixed earlier. And I just think that that's a pretty cool way to explore. Sort of what the lack of action does that any action is better than inaction, I think you're right I think Jinx Jinx is a hard character to get on board with with her motivation I, I mean you you have lot there are lots of characters who are sort of like her out there, like I think it's fair to compare her to someone like Harley Quinn, where half of the fun of harley is is fun, you know she's supposed to be fun, she's crazy, but um you're supposed to sort of enjoy that, and that's supposed to be funny and I don't think you're supposed to feel that about Jinx, especially because the whole series is basically her being defined by other people and trying to figure out where she fits and who she is. So I do think it's fair to say that she's, she's, she's a little flat because she doesn't know who she is, and she's trying to figure that out. And I am hopeful that they can give us some answers in the next season because there will be a second season. But I totally see where you're coming from. I, and, I, and in my opinion, you're right. I just enjoyed it. <laughs>
1: I actually wonder if that feeds into what Aaliyah and I were kind of complaining about a second ago with it being one note. Because Harley Quinn, I haven't actually watched a whole lot of Harley Quinn stuff. Um, I think I put in the notes that I feel like Jinx starring in this series is like Harley Quinn starring in Lord of the Rings. Because she doesn't fit in with the other characters as far as the way she acts or what she does. She's like ten times more, like more. And like usually when you watch something that's more with Harley Quinn, you also
2: have the Joker and Batman who are like... Super extra, all of them. But um, You don't think Silco is excessive or like <laughs> the creepy scientist guy with his bright pink slush or the fact that Vander turns into a freaky monster because he drinks a purple serum. Those all feel like they belong in the same world to me. <laughs> Absolutely, they do.
1: But the way the characters actually speak to each other and talk and act and the decisions they make, they're like, mostly rational. It's not like Lego Batman where he's like, I only made a seat because I only one seat in my thing because I only have one butt. I mean, that's a ridiculous thing to say, but it makes sense in Lego <laughs> Batman. But I feel like she's constantly saying stuff like that, not like that, because that would be funny and that would be off beat for the rest of this. like, so that's my point that I was going to make is that if people would joke a little bit more and lighten the mood occasionally and there were relationships that did not feel like death in this, <laughs> <laughs> that maybe it yeah, would have yeah. felt slightly less one note. You know how like um like if you read um Six of Crows, for example, terrible, terrible things happen in those books. But there's always like fun, witty repartee between so, characters. Yeah, but that's
2: I think I think that's an unfair comparison because Six oh, sure. of Crows it's at the its same. heart is a funny heist movie and sure. Arcane at its heart is not a funny quippy heist movie. It's it's a sprawling Game of Thrones style drama. So, I mean, sure. if you were to like, there, there are moments that are lighthearted, but I think if you push too far in that direction, you break what they actually built. And I, I don't know. But
1: I mean, I feel like there are like huge drama, amazing, meant to to address hard things, um, series that still manage to be lighthearted sometimes. Like, yeah. um, like The Way of Kings, for example, which. I also mean, it's a different. It's different. different. I know it's different. But <laughs> the whole point of those books is, like, addressing some pretty rough stuff and, like, some really difficult situations. Like, we start with characters who are, like... Got their friends killed and, like, uh, are, you know, like, there's really difficult stuff happening in those. There's depression. Like, one of the main characters is really struggling with depression and almost commits suicide in the middle of it. Like, it's it's not happy stuff that we're dealing with in those books, but it still manages to have redeeming relationships between people, even if they're not funny. Like, I don't feel like there are a lot of redeeming relationships in... Like they're, it, it really tries with some of them. Like there are a couple that I know we're going to turn into.
2: I think Vi and Vi. Caitlin are redeeming. I think Vi and Echo are redeeming. That's
0: actually our time for today. I think we could
2: agree <laughs> oh, that we could talk about yeah. this forever.
0: But um, to sum it up, you know, it, it, there's a lot of beautiful stuff in this series and um, maybe some issues that some of us personally have with it or on a mm-hmm. technical level. But, you know, you'll just have to decide for yourself. Check Wait, it out. I we, just want to say one more us thing. Tell what you think.
2: Which is that Caitlin and I have a 12-page single space document about <laughs> Talking about this.
1: Maybe we'll post it so you guys can read all of the weird things that we wrote down about this. Oh, but joy. Can, they can
2: uh, agree or disagree as needed. It's, it's Actually,
1: we'd love to hear what you guys thought about this on social media. Yeah. You should reach out to us and we can all argue about it online.
0: And
2: anyone yeah. who, anyone, anyone who <laughs> wants to uh, support me would be
0: great. <laughs> Let's take this deep into the internet. Oh, man. Well, listener, thanks for tuning in today. Um, we're glad you joined us for this um, civil argument. <laughs> um, I did
1: want to just put out there that the podcast is switching formats. We haven't actually been getting a lot of first chapter critique requests from people, and so we are shutting that part of the podcast down. So there are only gonna be a couple more guests who are offering first chapter critiques, and after that we are moving to something new. So if you have been sitting on your first chapter and want to submit it, you got like just a couple more episodes. We would love to critique your work. But just so you know, the window is closing. Maybe we'll open it occasionally in the future. It depends on how uh, our new format goes, but yeah.